See, look, Noah's unsure about 2021. He doesn't know what's going on. I can't promise 2021 is going to be a better year. There you go, I said it. I'm being real. I'm being honest. But what I can promise is, is that wherever you are, whatever you're facing right now, this moment, God is with you. He is with you. He's behind you because he's your guard. God guards you. He protects you. He's behind you, coming up the rear. But he's also uh, beside you because he's your guide. And he wants to lead you and guide you through all that, whatever this year holds for you. But he's also before you. He's ahead of you because he's your goal. And we should always have our eyes fixed on the prize of Jesus. And so God is behind you. He is with you and he's ahead of you. And if you have that revelation, you are going to have a year with God like nothing else. But if you focus on the things of the world and it's heating up, stuff's going on, it's crazy, uh, you're going to have a wobbly year because you're focused on the world. Focus on Christ because he's behind you, with you, he's before you. I want to share with you a word uh, for 2021 and it involves unbelievable. I've listened to a number of ministries in my cup. We've been away for a couple of weeks. Uh, so if you're visiting today, maybe you're not visiting because you've been here when I haven't been here. Maybe I'm visiting. I don't know. But either way, uh, welcome to our church today. Uh, but I've watched a few ministries. I've prayed. I've just felt in my spirit, God, what are you saying to your church this year? And a culmination of all of that is that we're on the verge of the unbelievable. I really believe that. We are on the verge of the unbelievable, the unfathomable, the inconceivable. Who's seen that movie? Who knows what I'm talking about? Inconceivable. No one's with me. Okay, I'm not even going to help you. No, I won't even go there because you don't even know it. Just Forget I said it. Uh, but we are. We're on the verge of the unbelievable. The, the, you just can't imagine what is ahead of us. God's brought us to this point. Do you believe that? If you're a Christian and a believer, you know God leads you wherever you go. He's brought you to this point and he's going to bring us through beyond the challenge of what we face today. So it may seem hard. It may seem like things are difficult. It may seem like things are ramping up in the world, but they are. But God's leading us through it. He's brought us to this point. He's going to continue to lead us and guide us. See, God was with his people when they faced the impassable Red Sea. And because God was with them, the sea parted. God was with his people when they saw the impenetrable walls of Jericho. But because God was with them, the walls fell. I don't know what it is that you're facing, but God is with you. The sea's going to part. The walls are going to come down. See, God was with his people when he sent his one and only son to be born to die, to make a way for us to connect with him. Because he's our assurance of the eternity that's ahead of us. And he sent Jesus. Because God is with us, he brought the only way for us to be uh, forgiven and for us to receive forgiveness of our sins. And his name is Jesus. And he's only done that because he's with us. And he wants to lead us on a pathway back to him. God is with his people today. He's with you today. And no matter what the world throws at us, and it's trying very hard, isn't it? He's always going to be with us and he will bring us through no matter what. It doesn't matter how hard it gets. I believe that my God is for us and not against us. And he is going to lead us through whatever the circumstances are. God is our guard. He's our guide. And he's our goal. So fix your eyes on the prize in 2021. The world needs to know about this. See, most of us here are believers. We've said yes to Jesus. We love him with all our heart. You know what I'm saying is true. 
So I'm not convincing you today, I'm just reminding you. But what I am telling you is that the world needs to know that Jesus is the only way to get through the impassable. He's the only way to get through the impenetrable. He's the only way to get through the insurmountable. We need Jesus and the world needs Jesus. And so for this reason, after prayer and some time away that we've had to reflect, I really feel three things in my spirit I want to share with you. We're not even up to the message today yet. This is just the word for 2021 that I just feel in my spirit. But after prayer and reflection, I really feel three things that God is leading our church to do and to believe for this year in 2021. And the first one is a renewed passion for evangelism. A renewed passion for evangelism. See, we are looking at some different courses that will potentially run this year to help us with that. Some people get a bit nervous when you say the E word because it's like, well, I've got to get out of my comfort zone and talk to people and do so. Well, we're going to do some things that are going to make it really easy for our church to engage in evangelism in 2021. So we're looking at different courses. In February, we want to uh, launch a random acts of kindness project. And so you're going to hear more about that in February uh, when we get there. And it's going to help to cover our community with kindness. And you can play a part, each and every one, under the sound of my voice. If you're at home watching online, you can play a part in spreading kindness across Stanthorpe and beyond. Uh, So that's the first thing, a renewed passion for evangelism. The world needs to hear what we know. Do you agree? That's why we need that. They need to hear the good news. Second thing, as we evangelise, this is going to lead, I believe, to a renewal of hope. This is twofold. Hope's going to be renewed for existing believers, you, me, people that are already believers, that have had it tough as they see the power of Jesus at work in and through this church and the lives of the people that come to this church. You're going to be encouraged and your hope's going to be renewed because you're going to see God at work in powerful ways in the lives of people. Then there's also going to be a fresh new hope experienced for people who don't know Jesus yet. We're going to see people walk through the doors that have never stepped foot in a church that say yes to Jesus. And think back to the time when you did that for the first time and the little flame that was lit and the the glisten in your eye and the excitement in your spirit because of this new life you now have. Well, that's going to happen here to people and it's going to stir up new, fresh hope in the house. And that leads to the third thing. As hope is renewed, we're going to see many people come home. So 2021 will be a great homecoming. People who have been away from church for a season will come home. People who have left church because they are hurt, disillusioned, were treated the wrong way, were offended, whatever's happened, they're going to come home to the house of God. People who have once been part of this church and left for whatever reason, and that's life, it happens, but they're going to come home in 2021. And it's not because of me and Anita. It's not because of anything we're doing. I just feel in my spirit that God is going to draw people home. The world is in a season where it needs hope. And people that have left and that are not part of a fellowship are challenged with not gathering, as the Bible instructs us, together as believers. And so there's going to be a great homecoming. People are going to come and they're going to remember what it's like to be part of a family. And the truth is, Families change. Uh, We've been here, it'll be eight years in March now, and I would say this is a a very different church to the one we walked into eight years ago, in lots of ways. 
Uh, and you might have been here when, that's not to say you were, you were bad before and now you're good. <laughs> Don't send me emails and text messages and say, what, do you, what did you mean when you said that? I just mean that the welcome home culture in this church has never been as strong as, it, as we feel it is uh, today. And that's because of all of you that call this church home. You make that happen. It's not, you know, it flows down through us, but, but because you guys are, you know, I went to a, a church, I won't say which church, but... Uh, and, and it was a bigger church, um, but we didn't really have anyone come and make us feel welcome. And, and like, we didn't whinge about that because we're quite secure in who we are. We love God. We were just visiting. It's all good. But what if we were the family coming to try out a church and, and see if that was going to be our home? Well, the, the challenge for any church is that when people walk through the door, not that you jump on them and leech on them and write, you're stuck here now. It's not about that. It's not about that. If you ever feel that, please let me know because I'll deal with that. But that doesn't happen here. But I, I would be confident to say, <laughs> nervous laughter around the room, I would be confident to say that anyone that is new to our church that walks through that door, I'm confident that at least one person would engage with them in some meaningful way. Not just, hi, welcome to church, have a seat, but a conversation. This church is, is good at that and I applaud you for that and thank you for that. Because it means that we are a welcoming place. We don't just put welcome home up on as a sign and that's just a little fancy thing. It's who we are. And so there's going to be a great homecoming in 2021. Everyone is welcome at Vineyard and it's important that we understand that. Non-believers, smelly whatever that walks through the door is welcome. Um, Alcohol-infused person walks through the door, they're welcome. Uh, you know, this person that needs to have a smoke outside, that they're welcome. Uh, it doesn't matter. Everyone is welcome here. And we need to always be ready for that. And I'd just like to remind our church of that too. I don't want us to turn into that where you've got to dress the right way and talk the right way and look right and be like us. No, because we're all very different within our church, let alone... Um, yeah, so, so everyone is welcome. And it's important to understand that, especially if we're going to be believing for a great homecoming. <laughs> you know, all these people rocking up and you're like, who are you? Uh, we don't want that. So... The welcome home culture is who we are and who we will always be. So evangelism, hope, and homecoming. Those are the things that I'm believing for, for 2021. So believe with us. Let's pray. Father God, we just commit this year to you. We thank you that you're in control, Lord, that you've given me this this, I guess, this thought to this idea of, of what 2021 could look like. And so we commit it to you. We ask you to breathe on it, to help give us the right strategies, the right things to do, the right way to be engaged and help. Lord, I just pray, Father God, that you would encourage each person to play their part and believe for great things this year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. All right, now we're going to get to the message. So if you are new... Uh, what we do have on our website, and you're allowed to use your smartphones in church, uh, tablets, whatever you've got with you, if you've got those things, uh, just there's no Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, because the Holy Spirit is here, and it can tell when you're not doing the right thing. Uh, so, but you can go to vineyardcc.org on your smartphone right now, and all you've got to do is swipe along once to latest message, and when you click on there, there are notes for today's message online, ready for you to look at. 
You can make your own notes on there as part of it. And then right at the bottom when we're finished, you can email the notes to yourself and file them away and look at them again. Because, you know, when you take notes and you look at them later, you tend to remember a little bit more about what was said uh, when, rather than when you uh, don't take notes at all. So I encourage you to do that. If you are new as well, um, I trust if you haven't already, you'll get a new person's welcome bag. Uh, but if you haven't got one, you'll get one before you leave. Hey, Alison. Absolutely. See, she's onto it. And so uh, in there is a new person's card, and you can just give us the details if you want to connect with us. Now, you don't have to do that, but you're invited to do that if you want to connect with us. Or you can go to our website, and the first little tile you come on is I'm new. So you can just click on there, and it's the same card on there. And you can just give us your, your details if you want to connect with our church, and we'd like to invite you to do that if you want to do that. Cool. So, toxic emotions. I know, someone just went, oh, really? Is that what we're talking about? You know, we've just had Christmas, we've had New Year's. Who's eaten way too much food? My hand's up, I'm an honest person. You're in church, you've got to be honest. Who ate too, even just Christmas Day, who ate too much food? No, the Crawfords are very healthy-minded people and they've been watching my Instagram and Facebook and seeing photos of Max Brenner's and stuff and think. That pasta shouldn't be eating those things. Anyway, it's all good. Uh, so, when you eat too much, you get a little bit toxic, don't you? <laughs> you get just a little bit. You need to have a bit of a detox. You need to... Most people start 20, the new year, 2021. Uh, we all love New Year's resolutions. Oh, you know, I'm going to go on this health, health kick. Or, and they're probably broken already. It's the 10th. Yeah, most of them are broken by now. But I'm going to go on a health kick and detox my body and get it all out. Well, I thought what better way to start 2021 than to have a little conversation about toxic emotions and have a bit of a detox so that we can start the year fresh, full of faith and excited for all that God's going to do. Is that all right? Okay, who's ready to detox? Everyone say me. Okay, good. You're with me. That's, I just made you be with me by saying that. So that's good. So we're starting a new series on toxic emotions. And uh, like I said, over Christmas and New Year, we fill ourselves to overflowing, our bodies are bursting, and they become a little toxic, so we need to detox, and that's what we're going to do right now. We've got to understand that emotions are not the problem, okay? So this is important. I don't think I'm having a go at emotions, because we're all emotional beings, and you're allowed to be emotional, and it's okay to be emotional. But the problem comes when we allow our emotions to become toxic, meaning we don't deal with them, they fester, and stuff begins to happen within us that could have been stopped if we dealt with it perhaps a little bit earlier. See, God created us with the ability to experience all types of emotions. We're a triune being. Funny that, isn't it? Created in the image of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But we are a triune being as well. So we are um, physical body, soul, and spirit. So we have a physical body, a soul, which is your mind, will, and your emotions. That's how your soul is made up. And then our spirit man, filled with the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. The challenge is not to be ruled by our emotions. All of us know that person that's ruled by their emotions. Don't look at them now. It's very awkward. Don't point at them. Just think about it. But for us, uh, the challenge for us is to rule our emotions, to be in control. So according to the dictionary, emotions are complex, usually strong, subjective responses involving physiological changes as a preparation for action. So in other words, in layman's terms, what you do is generally driven by your emotions, how you feel. 
What you do is a product of your emotions. The problem is that many people allow their emotions to become toxic. And, and often they don't even realise they're doing that. And so that's why we're raising awareness today and talking about this. They allow their emotions to remain unchecked, unchallenged, and toxicity begins to develop. It's kind of like the Christmas feast gets eaten and it sits and festers and it becomes toxic inside of you and you don't deal with it by perhaps doing a little bit of exercise or you know, countering it with a bit of healthy eating for a little while just to flush your body out, whatever. So they have too much of something in their system which leads them to becoming toxic. That's what we're talking about. The world is actually at a crossroads, really, when it comes to toxic emotions. You've just got to flick on the news and see what's going on. Um, I'd say flick on Twitter, but they're banning everybody. Uh, People are being overloaded and don't know how to relate, release, regroup and reload after each and every day. You know, too many people, even in our own community, are on the verge of becoming toxic. I mean, we live in a world now where... 24 hours notice was given for the greater Brisbane area to be locked down for three days. That's going to create some emotion and I dare say some toxic emotions. There's a lot of angry people. You just have to line up at Woolies to buy some toilet paper and you'll see (laughs) what I'm talking about. There's some toxic emotions going on there. You know, and you think it's bad here in the city. There's like hundreds and hundreds of metres for the queue just to get in. Like, just to get toilet paper. It's crazy. You know, like you're going to eat toilet paper. I'd be buying food so that I survive for three days and use the food wrappers to... Anyway, that's too much information. Just get a newspaper. There's a new newspaper in town. Look. Where is it? Just here. Look at this. I got given the first Stanthorpe one today. Because it came out when I was away. Someone gave me a copy. This will be worth millions one day on eBay. But that would be perfect toilet... Actually, that's not really good paper for toilet paper. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. We've found hope in Jesus Christ. Yes. And the Word of God. So let's tackle toxic emotions and get ourselves detoxed this month. Everyone ready to be detoxed? All right. Fantastic. Here's what we're talking about today. Nervous nervous laughter, silence. Worry. Everyone say worry. The world is a place that is filled with worriers. And I said worriers, not warriors. Worriers. Okay. The definition of worry. Let's talk about it is to be drawn into different directions, distracted, a preoccupation with things that causes anxiety and stress. Who's ever been worried? If your hand isn't up, you're a liar. So everyone in church has at one point in your life experienced worry, and if you haven't, I want what you're having. Worry is the anxious care that comes from assuming a responsibility which we are incapable of discharging. So you're worrying about stuff that you can't do anything about anyway, so why even worry? It is literally borrowing from tomorrow's troubles. You're getting ahead of yourself. Just think about it tomorrow. You know, the Proverbs um, uh, 12.25, worry is being at war with oneself. Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. It's no coincidence that the Bible says worry down, encouragement up. Worry pushes you down to a place of darkness, depth and disillusionment and disappointment. And how many D words can I come up with? Depression, detestfulness of oneself. Anyway, it's enough D words. But it does. It pushes you down. Whereas an encouraging word cheers a person up. If you are worrying, get around someone positive and that'll fix it real quick because they'll talk you up out of your downness. Worrying is choosing not to trust God. Ooh, Ooh, that one hurts. But it is, isn't it? 
when we worry about stuff, we're putting that in a position where we're saying, I don't think God's going to do anything about that. Because that's, that's why you're worrying about it, because you're worried it's going to happen. Oh, that's a hard one. Psalm 37, verses 1 to 8. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like the grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn. And the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him him to act. Who loves patience? Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. Why do we worry? When we read a scripture like that, that encourages us in so many ways, trust in the Lord and do good, you'll live safely in the land and prosper. Trust God. Take delight in him and he'll give you your heart's desires. Commit everything to him. He's going to help you. Yet we still worry. We still worry. You know, it said uh, 50, and it, uh, th- these are true because I Googled it, so it must be right, it must be real. <laughs> It is said 50% of all people in hospital beds are constant worriers. That gets you thinking, doesn't it? 43% of all adults suffer health effects due to worry. Worry has been linked to all the leading causes of death, including heart disease, cancer, lung ailments, accidents, suicide. Wow. So why do we worry? Life at times is hard. Let's be real for a minute. We go through challenging times. Bad things happen to good people, to bad people, and all the people in between. So is it any wonder that we sometimes worry? The future is uncertain. It's another obvious statement. (laughs) Like I said, I can't promise 2021 is going to be better than 2020, but we worry because we don't know what the future holds. And the way our makeup is, we like to be in control. And that's the next one. We're not in control. What I mean by that is the amount of control we have is not sufficient to absolutely protect us from harm. At best, we have only the illusion of control. (laughs) We think we're in control, but who's in control? (laughs) Exactly. It's been said that worry is a dark room where the negatives of life are developed. And that's speaking to the people that remember cameras with film in the dark room, getting, you know, not the iPhone, there it is on Instagram in five seconds. Uh, Two seconds if you've got 5G. But 5G's got coronavirus, so don't go near there. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I'm a bit cheeky if you're visiting today or if you're online. Sorry. It's the dark room where the negatives of life are developed. You know, like a rocking chair, it keeps you going, doesn't it? I like a rocking chair. But you don't get anywhere. (laughs) You're just there, rocking away. Worry will drain you of your creativity and it robs you of your joy. It is the chief robber of your joy. If you want to be miserable, we'll just worry. Because <laughs> it takes all your joy. It sucks it out of you. So what does the Bible say about worry? Let's look at some scriptures. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. So why do we worry? We forget that, don't we? Oh, that's right. 
I'm worried. I can give it to God and he will take care of it. John 14 verse 1 says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. So if your heart is troubled, what should you do? Trust God. Amen. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Ah. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. So what do you have to do? Pray. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When we pray, it takes our eyes off of me and onto him. And it will do that every single time. If you genuinely go into your quiet place, wherever it is, or space, or whatever, it doesn't matter where it is. But when the minute you start praying, all of a sudden your eyes are off you and you're on Jesus. It works every time, but if it doesn't, there's this other great song that people my age know is... You've got to do it in time, Javita. That's why you're not good at karaoke. Be happy. Who remembers that song? All right, there's at least three people in church that know that song. You let me down before with Inconceivable. Someone's going to come up to me later and go, I know what you're talking about, but you weren't brave enough to put you in it. Anyway, Isaiah 26 verse 3 says... You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And one of the greatest ways to fix your thoughts on God is to pray and set your eyes on the things above, not the things that are around about you. Jesus deals with this issue of worry. So that's why we're talking about it today. And he deals with how we can receive freedom from worry. So is everyone ready to detox from worry today? Here's our main text for today. Matthew chapter 6 verses 25 to 34, and it says this. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? The answer is... No. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory uh, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. It's just not keeping up. There it is. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. Yep, there it is. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. (laughs) Amen. Here's the background. When Jesus says all of this, he's teaching the Sermon on the Mount. And he's covering relevant life issues that all of us face. So what's the solution? Well, today I want to speak about three things that 
I think we've got to recognise when it comes to acknowledging worry. And the first one is to recognise that worry accomplishes nothing. It literally doesn't. Matthew 6.27 says, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Worry adds nothing. It takes everything. It takes your joy, robs you, steals you. The enemy would love to conjure up stuff to make you worry by deceiving you or lying to you. Oh, your God's not really going to come through for you? Do you really believe he's going to get you through this situation? Plants those seeds of doubt, then we worry, and then we're robbed. Worry is needless, useless, and physically harmful. Worry cannot affect the past. It it can't do anything about what's already happened, because it's happened. It's in the past. You can't change it. Worry about the future is futile, because you don't know what tomorrow brings. We're not God. We don't know what's coming. So why worry? It's not going to add anything to your tomorrow. God holds the future of your life in the palm of his hand. He knows the future and is in the future. Remember, he's behind you, beside you and ahead of you. So we must spend less time worrying and more time getting to know him. Instead of worrying, get to know Jesus better. Because the more you get to know him, I guarantee you, you will worry less. Because you will learn more about the characteristics and the qualities of who Jesus is. You'll understand his word more and what it says. And it encourages you not to worry. Why? Because he's in control. God's got it. That's one of my most favorite sayings. When you are worried, you're just in faith. God's got it. God's going to sort it out. God's going to deal with it. Because he holds your future in his hands. Worry will begin to physically deteriorate you. It eats away at you. Ulcers, stress-related sickness, heart disease, high blood pressure... All of the above. You know, we saw this scripture earlier, but let's look at it again. Proverbs 12.25, Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. One man said, Worry is the interest we pay on tomorrow's troubles. I don't want to pay no interest on what hasn't happened yet. Ain't nobody got money for that. Worry gets you looking at the problem instead of the problem solver. Your focus determines your faith factor. What are you focused on? If you've got big or little faith, it's dictated to by what you're focusing on. Here's an example. If I focus on God the Father as a loving, caring Father who is watching over me, then my faith will increase and I will be filled with faith because I know that God's got it. If I focus on a problem or situation, then my problem increases Possibly not literally, but my perception of the problem increases. So when you think about stuff and play it over in your mind, it becomes bigger than what it actually is. And so the perception of my problem increases because I'm focused on it, because it's my primary focus, and therefore I will be filled with fear because it will only keep getting bigger. And that's what causes worry when we focus on the problem. Here's the other punch in the guts. Worry is a sin. Oh, oh, man, really? Why is it a sin? Because Jesus said, don't do it. He said, don't worry. It is a sin because it gets you off of center. It gets you off of God and puts your eyes on you. That's what worry does. Worry is very me-focused. 
it's very, what's going to happen to me? How am I going to get this? What, it's all about me, me, me. So we need to recognise that worry accomplishes nothing. Do you agree? Fantastic. We don't have to argue today. Number two, (laughs) recognise the family you're in. It's important when it comes to worry for us to recognise the family that we're in. Matthew 6.26, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father needs them, uh, feeds them. Probably needs them too. Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) Anyway, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? It's terrible stuff, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Anyway, a father loves you and cares about you. Our father loves you and cares about you. And you're part of that family with that father when you invite Jesus into your heart. And so know which family you're part of. And that will help you worry less. Because God loves you and cares about you. Even if you're going through the worst storm you've ever faced in your entire life, I'm here to tell you today... Now, I wish I had a solution to your situation, but all I can tell you is that the Father loves you and cares about you. Maybe you don't feel like that because time is so tough and challenging right now. Get around people that can support you through it and also remind you that the Father loves you and cares for you. We can't maybe necessarily fix whatever it is you're facing, but we can reaffirm what the truth is, and that is that God loves you. He is for you and not against you. God is a good God who is for you at all times. God is intimately interested in your life. Again, it may not feel like it, but he is. He loves you and he cares what happens to you. The Father wants to bless his children with good things. Jesus says to look at the birds and how God takes care of them. Here's the point. When was the last time you saw a freaked out bird? Where am I going to get food? Like he's flying around town. There's nothing. It's all gone. Everyone's in lockdown. No one's in the park. When was the last time you saw a bird doing that? Firstly, birds don't talk. So if you've seen a bird talk, we need to pray at the end of the service for you. But if they're hungry, if birds are hungry, they just show up at the next local picnic or the next backyard or the next rubbish dump or wherever there's a skerrick of scrap and they're fine. They don't freak out, do they? It would be funny, but that would make some serious good videos, YouTube videos, whatever. TikTok, teenagers are into TikTok. Imagine a freaked out bird on TikTok. That would go viral. Anyway, it was like viral virus. What's he talking about, corona? No. Anyway, the Father wants to cover you and protect you. That's his nature. He wants to do that. Jesus said, if the Father clothes the flowers of the field, how much more will the Father clothe you and cover you. The father of the family is there to guard, guide and govern. He's there for you. He wants to protect you. He wants to lead you and he wants to put a framework around your life that helps you win in life. That's what the govern part is. It's not the chess playing God who moves the pawns around. and It's not that. It's about the framework of life where we learn our convictions from reading the Word of God and God gives us His Word so that we can learn how to live because He loves us. See, when Melody and Timothy were born, they were given an armband. Most of you that have had kids would remember that you get an armband, the baby gets an armband on it, with their details on it while we were in hospital. And the armbands were to let people know that our kids are in our family. 
so we avoid baby swaps and stuff. You know, what I mean? like, I've heard stories about that. Anyway, just look it up. It's interesting. But they get the armband and it identifies them as part of our family and we are their parents. When we leave the hospital, we're then given a certificate. It's a birth certificate. And that uh, identifies Anita and I as the parents of our kids. So the birth certificate declares our kids are in our family and we're their parents. Well, when we give our heart to the Lord, his presence within us, the Holy Spirit uh, within our lives is the identifier that we are part of God's family. We are children of the Most High God. We are his kids in his family and he is our Heavenly Father. And so all the promises in his word, all the things Jesus said about his people, that's for us now. And that's our identifier. See, Jesus says, don't worry like the unbelievers do. Matthew 6 verse 32 says, These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. God's got it. (laughs) Worry is a characteristic of another family, not the family of God. It's some other family, some distant, twice removed step cousin of a whatever. (laughs) It should not be the characteristic of the family of God. We live life with a higher source and focus. Now, be careful. I'm not saying we're better than everyone else. That's not what I'm saying. We're just different. We're set apart because God sets us apart. He marks us. He sets us apart. We're unique. Recognize that worry accomplishes nothing. Recognize the family that you're in. Here's the last one today. Recognize the steps to live free from worry. Matthew 6.33, seek the kingdom of God above all else. That means that's the most important thing, by the way. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Does it say something, a few things, a, a, a little thing here or there? It says everything. He will give you everything you need. Stay focused on the kingdom of God. In a world that we live in now, if you've got the news on or if you're following news or whatever, it's hard to stay focused on the kingdom of God because the news has its own agenda and, 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 and gives the message the way they want you to hear it. More clicks, more views, whatever. Stay focused on the kingdom of God right now, especially in this season. Our primary purpose is not pleasing ourselves but making sure our lives are pleasing to God. That's our priority. Living life with kingdom priorities. What is God's agenda? Do you wake up in the morning and say, God, what have you got for me today? Or do you wake up and say, good God, it's morning. <laughs> What's God's agenda? And, and putting, are we putting God first in our lives? How that looks for you is, is between you and God. I'm not going to be up here telling you the three rules of how you make sure God's number one. And da, da, da. We're not rules-based in this church, we are conviction-based. You've got to do what the Spirit leads you to do as you read the Word and you feel is right for you and your family. If you want help with that, we'll certainly help. But the issue is, who is in charge? Is it God or you? It's a good question to ask ourselves all the time. Keep check of yourself. Is God in charge in your family? Is God in charge in your finances? Is God in charge with your friendships? 
What a good challenge for the start of 2021. Is God really in control of every area of my life? With my family, am I trusting Him? Or have I got an attitude because old mate looked at me funny at Christmas? I don't know. Is God in charge of my finances? Am I just giving what I can or am I giving what God's put on my heart to do? And we're not going to lecture you on your giving. That's between you and God. But our church is faithful with their giving. But do we need to check? You know, has our income increased and maybe our giving not? That, that, that's between you and God. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. But it is worth thinking about at the start of a new year. Is God first in my family, my finances? What about my friends? You become who you hang around. You know that, right? So you might be here now looking all perfect and it's church and we're all great. But who are you hanging around with Monday to Saturday? Because that's really going to determine where your life's going and what's going on in your world. Is God in charge of your friendships? They're all good challenges. I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty. It's between you and God. Awesome. Did, did you click off it maybe? No? You want to click on the PowerPoint again just in case you bump something? There we go. We're back. Psalm 27 verses 4 to 6. King David shows us a pattern of protection from the enemy of worry. And so I want you to really listen. If this is all you go home with today, this is really gold stuff. So... Uh, from verse 4, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. It doesn't say Sunday there. All the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me uh, there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary and he will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. Um, at his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Here's the pattern of protection from the enemy of worry, thanks to Psalm 27, verse 4 to 6. First thing, seek a life in God's house every day. Delight in him and meditate on him. And so it's good we're here today. We call this God's house. This is his church. We are his people. Uh, but you, you need to delight in him and meditate on him every day. Amen. And you don't need to come here to do that, although we could if you really need to, let me know. Uh, but you should be able to do that in your own homes. Find space and time uh, to delight in the Lord and meditate on him. Now, I'm not going to tell you that it's four hours, five minutes, um, whatever, you know, and I'm not going to go tell you to do it in your prayer closet because I've told the story many times. I think Anita has too of her prayer closet and the first time she tried that and she set aside four hours, right, I'm going to go to my prayer closet and she prayed for every person she could think of, every situation, every, and she thought she was doing so well and then she sort of got to the end of what was in her mind and she looked at the clock and it was like 10 minutes. Oops. Five minutes. I was being generous. Five minutes, and she's like, what do I do now for the next three hours and 55 minutes in my closet? Plus, you know, if you're claustrophobic, you don't like sitting in a closet. Anyway, the point is, find space and time daily. Whether it's five minutes, it's up to you. I'm not going to tell you again. There's, there's no rule for that other than do it. Uh, then, so that's the first thing. The second thing, he will conceal you or hide you when trouble comes um, and place you out of reach. So if you do that, 
delight in him and meditate on him every day, then he will conceal you and hide you when trouble comes. How cool is that? So when the things of life come against you, he's going to be there for you, ready to pounce in and, and protect you and place you in a position out of reach. And then when that happens, we can hold our heads up high, not low, worry, encouraged, hold our head high knowing our God is for us. And because of that, we can sing and shout his praises. And we need to make sure we do because sometimes we forget to give glory at the other end because sometimes we're more like, oh, I got through that. Phew. And, uh, and that's it. But then praise him. Thank you, God, for making a way through the wilderness and getting me through that situation. Live life one day at a time. Sweet Jesus. Matthew 6.34 says, So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Jesus said that we should handle the demands of each day as it comes without worrying about the unknown future and the things which may never happen. How many times have we worried about stuff and it never even went that way? And we thought, gee, I won't get that day of my life back or a week of my life or months of my life, whatever it's been. Keep your mind on Jesus. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You want perfect peace? Fix your eyes on him. How does this happen? How do we keep our thoughts fixed on Jesus? Do we walk around like weird people all day going, Jesus, 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 trip over the chair, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, you're not going to do that. That's not practical. Keep the word before your eyes. So when I said delight in the Lord and meditate daily, please read some Bible, even if it's a verse. I don't care, but get some word in front of your eyes each day. Keep the word before your eyes. Keep worship in your heart. And worship isn't just what we did at the start of the service, singing some great songs. And it was great worship, by the way. It was so good to be back in church with everyone. And, you know, two Sundays away, it feels like forever. And it was so good. But that's not what I'm talking about. Keep worship in your heart means live a life that is pleasing to God in everything that you do. Everything you do is like an act of worship to Him. And keep worship in your ears too. Do listen to some worship. Whatever your style is. I know in a room this size, you're like Hillsong or whatever. But everyone's got different tastes in worship, but just listen to some. It might be old hymns. I love the old hymns. I got saved in an Anglican church back when I was 17. And so that's what was I was first introduced to. Uh, it, it might be whatever. You know all the different kinds of worship that's out there. Listen to it. Even just one song. Put it on in the car as you're driving from... I know we don't drive far in Stanthorpe. Man, that's a good thing about living in the country. Can I digress? So we had two weeks on the Gold Coast. And uh, it's made me really appreciate living in a small country town. I love Stanthorpe. Those of you who are thinking, oh, it's a new year, our pastor's leaving. We're not going anywhere unless you throw us out. Uh, I think you're happy with us. Um, no one's said any nasty emails for a while. Um, but we love it here. And I'll tell you why. But just the ease and simpleness. Like if you want to just go to Woolies or to Audi or to IGA, I mentioned all three, so there's no favouritism. No one paid me for this presentation. Uh, You can go in and out and be home, if you live in town, in 10 or 15 minutes. Done. Got my few little things and I'm home. We go to do that on the Gold Coast, three hours. (laughs) 
because you've got to find a park and it's part of a bigger complex. Then you don't know where you are and you've got to look at the map and find out and then you get lost on the way because you're really bad at reading maps and then you just... And then you get your few little things and you've got to line up for half an hour to pay for them and then you've got to... And there's no toilet paper and then there's... And then, you go, and, then on, and then on the way out, there's like three or four shops. You're like, oh, I might just have a little look in there. And you go in there and you muck around. And before you know it, three or four hours has gone. What would take us 15 minutes here? I've spent five times as much money because we went into the other shops. And um, I digress, but I just want to say I love Stanthorpe. I love how simple it is. Cool. Keep, your, keep the word in front of your eyes. Keep worshipping your heart. Oh, I was worshipping the Lord through those shopping centres. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for making parting the Red Sea and moving all the people. Yeah, my attend's all right. <laughs> ten out of ten every time. That's what they tell me. Uh, keep uh, watch over what you think about. Always be mindful of your thoughts and where they're wandering and what's going on inside here. Transfer trust. Um, to God, maybe this is running out of battery. Or are we going to blame Josh again? Can you click on it again, Josh? There you go. Yeah, I'm going to blame Josh. Stop playing games on the computer, Josh. Your mum's at home. She's watching. And I'm telling her. Anyway, transfer trust to God by praying. He's playing Minesweeper. Who remembers Minesweeper on your computers? Anyway, or Solitaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Transfer trust to God by prayer. I've got to finish. I've got three minutes. Philippians 4, 6 to 7. We've, we've said this already, but let's quickly go again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. It's so cool, experiencing that peace, which we... It doesn't make sense because why are we so relaxed in the middle of chaos? That's what the world asks, and that's what it means. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Here's the thing. Prayer produces peace. Prayer is the number one way to keep free from worry. It takes your eyes off of you and onto Jesus. Prayer is the pathway to God's peace. Don't worry. Prayer and intercession, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Here's the point. Prayer will produce a peace that goes beyond your natural mind and beyond your human reasoning. Prayer demonstrates that we trust and have faith in God to take care of the situation. So let's conclude. Four simple little ideas. You can live free from worry. You can. You must be in the right family. God's family. Because he cares for you and he'll deal with anything that comes against you. You must practice the right priorities. And you must pray and transfer your trust to God. Now, I've got a really great way to end the service today, but it is going to take about eight minutes from now. Will you forgive me? Going over a little bit? Jacqueline's fine. So everyone everyone else is going to walk out and leave, but Jacqueline is going to stay. We've got some really good friends that we said goodbye to last Sunday, and they wanted to just have one more little hello on the screen. So can we get the lights? Can we make sure the volume's up so we don't miss any? And here we go. I would have no idea. It's a mystery. Let's see who it is. Uh, good morning, church. Um, it's Peter and Jan here. Sort of, uh, we've left, departed the building, and we just want to. I'm sitting in your chair. Leave you with uh, with a blessing. 
And if you just sit back now and relax and uh, listen to this song, you will truly be blessed. Hi church, it's lovely to be able to say hello again. Yes, we're down in New South Wales and we really want to do pray, uh, to pray a blessing for all of you. And um, I pray that the Lord will increase you and that he'll draw you deeper into, his, uh, into your relationship with him, that he'll enrich your lives, that you'll find the wonder and the adventure of living in his word and exploring his scriptures, getting to know him more. And I pray that um, as this year goes on, that no matter what happens, that you will shine and you'll stay strong and you'll be anchored in Jesus. So yep. we just both want to see you all blessed, strengthened and encouraged and accomplish wonderful things in this coming year. Mm. Amen. Amen. Bye. Bye for now. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you, Lord, turn face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon
favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are for us and not against us. Lord God, that you make a way for us through the wilderness where there seems to be no way. And we thank you, God, for your goodness and your blessing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Two things I want to do before we close. If you bow your heads uh, in this place and if you're tuned in still online at home, I want to encourage people that have not ever said yes to Jesus. Uh, He is for you. We've just sung it. He's not against you. He wants to lift you out of the pit of your worries, of your sin, and bring you into a newness of life and bring you peace. And so if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, or perhaps you've done that once in the past and you'd like to recommit your life to Jesus from this day forward, I just want to invite you. We're not going to drag you out the front, but I do want you to respond. So if you're at home or if you're in church this morning, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor Jeremy, that's me. Include me in your prayer at the end of this service. I want to commit my life to Jesus Christ. I want to rededicate my life and live solely and wholly for him. If that's you, just quickly lift up your hand now in his presence and we want to pray for you. Yeah, I see those hands there. That's great. Yep, see those hands there. So Father God, I thank you for people responding today, people at home, online, people watching this after Sunday as it's put on our website. I just pray Father God, as they've indicated that they want to surrender their life to you, Lord, that you would come into their hearts, that you would transform them in such a powerful way, God, that this would be a life-changing moment where they meet you afresh again. So God, I just pray that you would touch their hearts, lift up their heads with encouragement, drag them out of that worry, lift them into that encouragement. Forgive them of their sin. We thank you that you died on the cross for them to make them free from their past wrong choices and mistakes. And Lord, I thank you that they are now choosing to live their life wholly and solely serving you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Can we give God praise and thank him for people surrendering their life? It's always exciting when that happens. Now, I want to pray for you. I don't know who that message was for. Maybe it was for everyone. I think, I think all of us can tend to worry, myself included. And so it was encouraging, preparing that sermon. But if you've been blessed today and, and, and you want to just say, God, help me with my worry. <laughs> help me with where I'm at in that journey. Would you just stand to your feet? Don't, don't be shy. This is family here. No one's judging anybody. And I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit would come, would fill your heart, with such encouragement today. Don't be, don't be downtrodden and, and disappointed and all those D words. I can't remember what I said before. All the D words. Don't be those things and, and upset at yourself because you're worried. You know, we've talked about worry being a sin. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So everyone in this room, that means. So don't feel condemned right now. Feel encouraged and uplifted. Would you just lift up your hearts, lift up your hands and just invite and open up yourself for the Holy Spirit to come, because he's going to come and do business right now in you. So, Father God, I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that as people have stand, uh, stood, standard, I was going to say, that's bad English, stood in your presence, Lord, and admitted, God, that they need help in this area of worry. Lord, I'm standing. Father God, come and touch our hearts. Minister to us today. Encourage us, Lord, as the Scripture says. Lift up our heads Lift us from that low downward place of worry and lift us into that place where you would have us be, God. Loving your presence, receiving your peace, Lord, that we don't need to worry because we can invest our trust completely in you. So Holy Spirit, touch people in this place today with your peace. 
that surpasses all understanding, whatever it is that each person has in, the, in their minds or in the forefront of their minds that's causing worry, I pray peace over that circumstance, breakthrough over that situation. Father God, that you would come and minister powerfully in every single person's experience right now, that they would testify to your goodness and praise you because you've come and made a difference in whatever it is that they're facing. We thank you, God, and we'd be sure to give you all the glory and all the honour and all the praise in advance because of what you're doing and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now give him a good praise and just thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Fantastic.